You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rusk Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rusk AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Today's guest is Rachel Waterhouse, the CEO of an organization that you might not be familiar with yet, but you probably want to be, the Australian Shareholders Association or the ASA for short. In a nutshell, the ASA aims to be the voice of retail shareholders, people like you and me who own shares in listed Australian companies. Today's conversation is all about what the ASA does, what shareholder advocacy looks like, the idea of strength in numbers as shareholders, and how we can take a more active role in attending things like meetings and voting for companies that we own. So welcome to the show, Rachel. It's great to have you with us today. Thanks, Kate, so much. Now, you are very involved with the Australian Shareholders Association, being the CEO of the whole thing. So can you give us a bit of a rundown on what the ASA is and what it does? Sure. So Australian Shareholders Association, we're there for retail shareholders, which is everyone like us that's investing, mums, dads, young investors, retirees. And what we do is we protect retail shareholders around just making sure that their view is being heard by the large companies and the listed companies. And that is done through monitoring of of companies and attending AGMs. It is also done through our education. We provide education to retail shareholders, just like you or me, and we can log in, access a lot of great materials, um, such as you have a lot of great materials on your website as well, attend webinars, conferences, 
read the magazine and there's a lot of regular content that comes through for um, members. How many members do you have now? We have over 6,000 members that are with us and really they look to us for different things. So you do have those that are around the advocacy we do and supporting us on the advocacy front and the monitoring of companies, keeping them accountable. We also have members that look to us as they're on their investment journey and what information can we provide or organisations we can connect them with to really continue to learn, to think about their own strategies. How do they manage their investments? How do they manage risk? So we do bring that to them in many different ways throughout each year. Why do you believe that it's so important to be more involved as a shareholder rather than just looking at the numbers on the screen and going, okay, I'll buy that, I'll sell that? Yeah, you really need to understand where your money is going. So what is that company's strategy? So first of all, you need to know yourself pretty well. And that's something that you learn over time as around what's your appetite for risk? What types of companies do you want to invest in? But then really understanding the companies is important to consider your returns as well. So do you think that they have a good strategy? How many competitors do they have? Are they unique in their own way? And, you know, what kind of performance would they have over time? And looking back in the past too is really important. But we all know the past is not an indicator of future success. So really being engaged, not just purchasing shares and being passive and leaving it. I mean, it does have its place. Some people, that might be their strategy because if you look at the Australian investment market over time, on average, it has increased and, you know, that's between 6 and 8%, look, depending on what time frame you're looking at. So there is a place for passive investing. But really, it's great to be involved and passionate about your investments and the companies you're investing in and really know them well and check that sits also with the way you think and your ethics as well around how they operate. It comes back to a lot of the working out what your values are. We talk about that a lot on the podcast of figuring out some of that stuff before you invest because otherwise you can build a portfolio that doesn't really represent what you wanted to invest in in the first place. And on the topic of engagement, what are some of the areas that the ASA really focuses on when it comes to how they engage and look at companies? Yeah, so ASA, what we do is we have a process around monitoring of companies. We have over 200 volunteers that work with the Australian Shareholders Association. A significant number of them are involved in monitoring. They work with us and with Fiona Bowser, who's our advocacy and policy manager, to work through what are the focus issues for a period of time. So at the moment, what we are looking at as far as when we're monitoring a company is the directors and boards. You know, what skills do they have? Do they disclose their skills? Are they unique? What skills might they need for the future? So we're looking at that. And also that they aren't at capacity. We we don't want to see directors that have six board roles. We really need to ensure that they can focus on the company they're with and their strategy and driving that and the deliverables. We are also looking at ESG for the first time. Um, Now, we have always looked at elements of the social and definitely the governance, but looking at what is the company doing around the environmental, social and governance aspects? Is it real? Is it measured over time? And no greenwashing. I mean, that's hard to see, but 
for us, we want to know it's genuine and authentic and the company is declaring what they are looking at. Now, on the remuneration side, we're looking at the CEO's role and how much they're paid compared to competitors in the market and often what is the multiplier to the average Australian salary as well and and how that's broken up, how their pay is broken up. So we want to have great leaders at the top, but we don't want to see them overpaid. So those would be the focus issues of what we're what we're looking at as an organisation. Of course, the fair tra- treatment of shareholders is really really important. Do they have access to capital raisings? Uh, is it fair? We want companies to consider retail shareholders when they are raising funds to expand their business and, and not leave that just to the institutional investors. Now, these volunteers, they work together and they have a company and they monitor that. And so what they're looking at is how has that company performed? How does it fit with these focus issues? What's the CEO paid? But then against our guidelines. Um, And then what they do is they put together a voting intention and that goes to all members. So the good thing is as as an investor like us, you can... You can go onto the website, you can grab the voting intention and you can see how Australian Shareholders Association is going to vote and you can also provide your proxy as well to us and that gives strength in numbers. Now, of course, you can also make your own decisions. So the voting intentions are available and often we provide an AGM report afterwards. So what happened at that AGM? They can be fascinating. I know not everyone goes, so you may miss what what happened. But yeah, so those, those are the things that we do around the monitoring of companies. I want to touch on AGMs in a second, but I think those focus areas are really great for investors to look at, looking at the board and the CEO, their qualifications. I have definitely seen board members that seem to be on about 10 different boards. And I kind of, I know boards aren't a full-time position, but you do wonder if they spend a couple of days each month, how they have time for all of them and to do a good job. And looking at ESG issues, environmental, social governance. There's there's a lot to unpack there. And I know we've discussed that a bit in some previous podcasts, looking at how much key people like the chairperson, the CEO are paid and even treatment of shareholders. Like they're really good areas for any investor to have a look at if they're researching a company. And I was reading through a few of those voting intentions and AGM reports that you mentioned that the company monitors put together and they are very comprehensive. So that's a fantastic resource for ASA members. Absolutely. It's it's in one place. You can look over a period of time as far as their financials. You can look back at them as well and see voting intentions at different points in time. It is worth taking the time to read it. Some of them are very entertaining as well. So they're written in a really interesting style. And it's a great resource because as individual shareholders, we might own a whole range of different companies and it's hard to stay on top of all the the topical issues. So having a couple of people that are really focusing in on one company and that knowledge is able to benefit everybody is fantastic. And we mentioned AGMs. So are you able to explain what an annual general meeting is and why it's relevant for shareholders? Yeah, sure. An annual general meeting is held once a year and it's a great opportunity for retail shareholders to attend, to to vote on what's put forward, but also really to ask questions. You get the opportunity to engage with the board itself and the directors that are there and also the CEO and often the senior leadership team are in uh, attendance. 
So, but you can't always attend a physical AGM. So often companies have a hybrid style, which means that they have an online where you can go in there and you can do all of the things that you could do in person, although there's not the tea, coffee and the and a snack there. You'll have to bring your own. So you have that option as well. And then uh, you can always, most of them have the recording available afterwards. And, and it's just important to be engaged with the company and make sure that you've got the answers you need as an investor. And so the AGM does provide that opportunity to, to ask questions. And I would really encourage all retail investors to attend. Sometimes you can't get your, your question answered, but it's important to ask Ask those questions that are really important to you. We have a lot of members who actually really enjoy attending AGMs and they might attend multiple AGMs, like sometimes even in a week in the the main AGM season, which is at the end of the year. You look at the performance as as an investor, you're wanting to hear about performance, you're wanting to hear about what the predictions are for the future and have your own thinking around, does that make sense to you? And and how does this company fit with your investment strategy? It can feel a bit nerve wracking going to your very first AGM. I I was lucky that I was dragged off to a, a bank AGM as a young person by my grandmother. So I got my very first taste quite early. But if someone listening is going, okay, I own a couple of Australian companies. I'm thinking that this year I'm going to try going to an AGM. What would you, would there any be pre-preparation? Do people have to book in? What do they have to do? Okay, so a lot of companies now are putting on their website their AGM in advance. So even at the end of last year, I could see some details for some companies for, for late this year. So if you really want to attend and you've got a busy schedule, I'd suggest have a look at their website in the investor relations key dates section or a calendar section and you can you can plug it in now. Now, if it's not available right now to know the date, uh, you could also wait till the communication comes. Now, companies need to communicate with you. So you should be getting an email or something in the post around the AGM. So that's the other way to look out for it. And then just as an investor, if for some reason you've got shares in a company and you are not getting communications from them, you really need to approach their investor relations staff or the share registry that they're on. It's important that you're getting those those communications. So I would say pre-plan as a tip, pre-plan, put it in the diary, wait for the notification is the other option. Don't miss it. We all get a lot of emails. So look for it. When you see that first email come out to you telling you, put it in your diary at that point. That's what I do. So I wait for the email and then I put it in my diary. And then depending on where it is, I will either attend in person or attend online. And you don't have to book in? If it's in person, you can just rock up? It depends is the answer. It really depends on what the company says. Uh, sometimes you might need to register. Uh, sometimes you can rock up. So do read the details just to make sure. Like, you know, most companies really want you there. So they want to be having conversations with their investors, but then they've got logistics on their side as well to know how many numbers and how many people are attending. And I think the other thing to mention here is you don't have to be a huge shareholder and own millions of dollars worth of that company to attend these things. You can just own a handful of shares to to go and have your voice heard as a shareholder. 
absolutely. You definitely don't need many at all. You just need one and then off you go. So I would definitely recommend if you're listening and you haven't attended an AGM that you at least put one in the diary for 2023 and then see how that goes. You you could become an addict to AGMs. It is entirely possible. I remember a few before COVID did have quite good food. So that was always a perk for attending, even though they're kind of usually during the weekday and not always at the best time. So these days I I generally watch recordings if there's any I particularly am interested in or doing a deep dive for the podcast. Yeah, that's a really uh, important point with COVID. And if if you were working or if you were at home, it was probably easier to, to attend and you could do the online option. A lot of people do have flexibility in their schedules, whether that's working or being a retiree. So, yeah, just put it in the calendar. Um, Don't be available to anyone else at that time and really engage with the companies you invest in. Something else you mentioned that the monitors look at is the voting intentions. And that's something else that often happens at AGMs. We shareholders get to vote on key issues. Are you able to explain what, what some of the things that a shareholder might be voting on at an AGM? Yeah, so the things that you would see is uh, around the pay for the CEO. So, um, and then that's, you know, do do you vote for them? You might see uh, new board directors. So they will put forward. And that's why I mentioned the skills matrix and how we look at, when we're looking at and assessing a board director, we're looking at how their skills fit that existing board. So you would have an opportunity to vote on board members coming in, Sometimes there's uh, climate actions that that come onto an AGM, so voting for for them, and the financials and the financial report. So that's really important. And depending on your level of understanding it, but it is important to look at the financials and that is where retail shareholders effectively are saying, you know, voting for them and saying, yes, we we agree if they do, and also asking any specific questions. Okay, so looking at pay, possibility of new directors or re-electing directors, climate actions, any other key things that the company has on the table and you get to vote as an individual shareholder or you mentioned early in the conversation you could nominate your proxy to someone. What what does that mean? Okay, so if you've got a share, you can have one share or we can have more and you can allocate someone to vote on your behalf. So that could be someone you know, you can allocate it to the chair you can allocate it to Australian Shareholders Association as well. And then if if you allocate it to Australian Shareholders Association, we would be allocating our votes based on that voting intention. So there's different ways you can do it. You can do it directly into the portal, the share registry portal, and you can provide your proxy and write Australian Shareholders Association. It's really important to write that out, not ASA. Or you can also have a standing proxy put in place. A lot of our members like to have a standing proxy in place. It means that they can vote with the Australian Shareholders Association for that company going forward. So, you know, for example, if I owned Telstra, then I could put a standing proxy in, which means that even if I don't have time or go in to vote at the the next AGM, it will allocate my votes the way Australian Shareholders Association has looked at it. So we've really looked at it from a retail investor perspective and that goes through a process of our members and also our policy and advocacy manager also having a look at that too before it gets finalised. 
and then members are able to look at those voting intentions at well, when they're released on your website for each of the, I think you cover at least the top 200 Australian companies. Yeah, we cover 200 companies. The other thing is it is on the website, but one of the things our members like is we send a weekly email on a Friday and that has links to all of the upcoming AGMs. And so it's really easy then. You just click on the link and off you go and you're in the right spot. So different ways to get to it. But yeah, you'll always be able to find it. And we cover we cover 200 companies last year. That is quite a few companies. You, That's a lot for your 200 monitors to cover. Do some of the monitors cover a few companies? Yeah, they do. So we have had uh, monitors that might, you know, monitor one company or two or three. And I think we even had someone that was monitoring up to eight. So it's a full-time job in that. <laughs> I think so. I think a lot of people say that when, and you know, it's a range, there's people that are working, there's people that are retired, but often on the retiree side, people say you've never been busier when you retire. But yeah, they get to look at it. A lot of people that are volunteers with us and they're looking at the companies have have a background that maybe worked for, you know, big companies in the past and they know what to, to look for. But even if you don't have accounting or a legal background, you can still do this. We have people that got really involved and it's helped them as well with their own investing, just knowing what to look for in a company. And really doing your due diligence because you're you're trying to deep dive and go, is the company doing what it says it's doing? Do the numbers add up? Are they greenwashing or are they actually taking action? It's quite an in-depth process. Yeah, it is definitely because you have a meeting with the chair and also a few directors. So they have that meeting where they ask their questions and that's often somewhere between three to six weeks before the AGM itself. And then they also look through the annual report and look at all of the detail there. And that can be quite a few hundred pages. So they're doing a lot of work and really thinking about it for retail investors. Okay, so many of the listed companies are happy to to meet with the monitors as well. Yeah, they are. And I think that's the unique part is that being part of Australian Shareholders Association gives you that opportunity as being a collective to effectively we're in the front of the chair and also other directors and being able to ask those questions even before we get to the AGM. So we're asking questions because we're thinking through what our voting intentions will end up being. And you've got to be thorough, do some research, ask the right questions to be able to get there. I'm just thinking, like, does shareholder advocacy actually work? Have you seen some examples recently where enough people have voted against a CEO getting a half a million dollar pay rise that it actually has been rejected? Yeah, definitely. It's when people come together is where the strength lies. Because if you've got a lot of investors and they're thinking the same thing and going either it could be, oh no, not that board director or it could be a strike as far as when we say strike, we're talking about CEO remuneration and those are the things that they do matter and they do make a difference and that's why you need to be part of a community that's making a difference. So not only do we have the volunteers and the retail shareholders helping, but we also have our policy and advocacy side really engaging with other organisations as well that are looking at AGMs and good good performance and good governance. Now, as an example, this one isn't a recent one, but 
during the GFC, what we did see was that a lot of funding and capital raising was really the institutions were getting that opportunity and retail shareholders didn't have enough opportunity. So we really advocated for that. And we have seen fairer capital raisings now and consideration of the retail shareholder. The other thing that we've seen over time is just the importance of investor relations. And for those that don't know, that's the unit that really engages with shareholders. So the company's putting people in there that can help and you can contact the investor relations team and, and ask a question of a, of a company. So, yeah, getting together is really important to make a difference. And that's probably the th- another thing worth mentioning. You can actually, whether they answer or not, it's a different question, but just any time during the year, you can contact a company's investor relations team or if they're really small, it might just be contacting the company and ask questions you have about any ASX releases they make, their annual report, what they're doing, what this latest media piece was about? Yeah, definitely. That's a really good point because you can contact them, but also remembering to go online and listen to their forecasts and what they think in earnings season is is also really important. So being connected in the way that works for you as an investor. Are there any companies in particular that the ASA has had an impact in when it comes to to votings or AGMs or just shareholder advocacy in general? Well, absolutely. And the thing with um, retail shareholders, like all of us, is that we don't always agree. So that's also worth pointing out. There's differences of opinion. So I guess what was really topical last year was around AGL and the future of AGL. So that was a really tough one as far as, you know, they were putting forward Grok, were, which was uh, Mike Cannonbrook's behind it, were putting forward directors for consideration. So we did a large engagement exercise on that one to how we were going to vote. But we've also made, you know, a difference um, in a lot of different areas around it's important to listen but then really say what you think. So there's a lot of strikes that happen each year on CEO remuneration and often we're involved in that where we've also said no and there are other there are proxy advisors that also are looking at the voting intentions. So I think there's quite a lot. I don't necessarily want to single out too many individual companies, but when you're connected to us, you will really see, you will see the voting intention, what we said and what the outcome was. I feel like it's good as a small shareholder to see that collective action does have impact in some of these issues. So I think that that's good how transparent it is. And you could look at the voting intentions and do you, you do a post-meeting report as well, don't you, for some companies? Yeah, we don't do it for every company, but we do do what's called an AGM report. And that's effectively a summary of what happened. And we and that's also on the website. And we often comment as well around different AGMs. So, you know, we see different things happen. We see, you know, examples of, you know, chairs that maybe couldn't really manage the meeting as we would expect or to try and group issues so that they're not through throughout the meeting. We've also, we have members come to us and give us feedback as well because, you know, there was an example of a company that someone attended where there was no um, drinks or water when they arrived and they'd been super busy that morning. So, you know, we really do 
we provide the voting intentions, we provide the, the updates afterwards, and we also engage with our members and engage with companies. And I think the most important for people thing for people listening is if you do own shares in individual companies, keeping your details in the share registry up to date is really important. So you actually get to hear about these things and many cases you can vote through the share registry or you can elect a proxy, whether it's someone you know or something like the ASA and just paying attention to when the company releases information about its annual meetings through through either the stock exchange through a share release or through its investor relations section. And maybe even this year, making it the year where you just go, okay, I'm going to go to one of these annual meetings. It might be a bit scary. I might not know what they're talking about half the time, but it's a good way to just be more engaged with the company and and learn a little bit more because you get to hear from a lot of different people speaking at that meeting. Yeah, and you really get to understand a bit of, of the culture sometimes of an organisation too and, and how approachable the chair and the board and the CEO are. Like, do they stand around and have a chat with uh, the investors afterwards or do they head off? So those are the things. I've also seen uh, Qantas had a lot of their staff there, which was really nice to see. And so their staff were engaged and they were all in the uniforms as well. And so you could tell they had different members of their staff there, which was which was great. So it wasn't just the senior leaders at the front sitting in the front row and the board and the CEO on stage. You could really get a sense of, you know, it just seemed like the staff that were there were quite proud of what they were doing, even though there were some tough conversations that happened around CEO pay on that day. I can imagine for, for Qantas uh, there would have been some interesting questions. And that's probably the other thing, like some of the large companies, especially where many of the shareholders and we were discussing before this episode, also users of the product or service. The questions can be quite interesting and, and you do learn a lot by seeing how the chair and the, the CEO and other key members of the company respond, whether it's in their body language or how they address the question or how they go addressing a similar question for the 10th time when it is dragging on a little bit. So I think there's a lot you can learn and I would really recommend listeners to have a look at maybe some of the resources that ASA puts out. Watch an AGM. You can see many recordings for previous AGMs online for some of the large companies or even just go to one this year. Is there anything else that you wanted to add for listeners, Rachel, that are just getting sort of interested in this for the very first time? I'd just say give yourself a goal. You know, your goal is to attend one this year and it's to check that you're receiving all the communications from the companies you're invested in because if you do those two things, if you attend an AGM this year and if you make sure that you're definitely getting those emails, you're all set. And then maybe the third tip is ask a question. So there we go. That would be the challenge to, to everyone is you really get engaged. And I don't think at these meetings there's any dumb question. I've heard all sorts of questions from very out there questions to very antagonistic questions. So any thoughtful question I I think will be appreciated by the company. If people want to learn more about the Shareholders Association and maybe check out some of these resources or get involved in some of your meetup groups, where should they go? Yeah, they should come onto our website, Australian Shareholders Association, Click through and what you can do is you can sign up as a subscriber to receive our communications 
and you can also sign up to be a member. So those would be what I would recommend you do. Then, of course, if you're a member, you receive all of this information straight to you. So become a member, engage with your community. You really do get a lot out of the member meetings. So member meetings, uh, there's 53 of them all around Australia, and it's an opportunity to engage with people like you. Feel free also just to send me an email, CEO at asa.asn.au, if you've got any questions at all. I think we'd both appreciate hearing if you do go to one of these meetings, like send us which one you went to, what your feedback is, how the experience was. We'd we'd love to hear that. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show today and explaining a little bit about what our role as shareholders can be if we want it to be, how we can engage with the company and what the AGM is, voting on key issues and a bit about how the ASA gets involved with shareholder advocacy and the company monitor program as well. Thank you so much. And I guess the last thing is if anyone wants to be a volunteer in company monitoring is just to touch base with us too. Awesome. Well, maybe that could be people's next goal after they go to their first AGM. Could be. (laughs) Thank you, Kate, (laughs) so much. I'm really looking forward to seeing you at our conference in May in Sydney as well. Yes, I'll put the links for that in the show notes if anyone's up in Sydney in May. Great. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, 
designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.